worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Kenny, it truly is a Thanksgiving when you consider last week when you and I found out that Jim Donovan would be doing the Browns game last Sunday. What a great feeling that was for us anyway, right? Yeah, great for us, great for Browns fans mm. everywhere, but even greater for the man himself who got to do what he does best, Amen. call Browns games on a Sunday, and he got a good one. They beat the Steelers 13-10. to 10. Let's welcome back to the Kenny and JT show, Jimmy Donovan. Jimmy, so great to have you back on the show and back on the radio. Welcome back, and great job on Sunday. Thanks, guys. It's really it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, it's been too long, and it's uh, it's great to be back everywhere, and it's always good to talk to you two guys. Well, we appreciate you making time for us, Jimmy, and your battle. God bless you. Uh, you know, how much, uh, as I talk to uh, people that I know that have battled cancer, Jimmy, right, they, they always said, hey, there had to be a goal. There had to be something out there for me, that carrot that, that's dangling out there to keep me focused and keep me moving forward. How much of that was the Browns, your wife, your horses? Uh, what, what kept you going through all of this, Jimmy? All of the above. Um, you're right. You do have to have a goal uh, because it's, um, it's a very, very intense situation, and uh, you go into it, and it, it, you can be overwhelmed very, very quickly. And what happens is that you, you have to give up your everyday life and totally commit to the treatments and to what the doctors are trying to do. And, to, um, and, and there, are, there are a lot of rough days, I will say that. Um, but you do have to set goals. So, I mean, my goal definitely was to get back to my everyday life, to get back home, first of all, which was really important to me, and be with my wife and my daughter. Um, but... You know, the other thing was that competitive side. You just say to yourself, gosh, I'm, I'm watching the Browns every Sunday, and they're playing in these epic games, San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. Indianapolis, Heartbreaker in Seattle, and you're saying, oh, I would love to be in the booth calling this game and describing this game right down to the last tick of the clock. And I have to tell you guys, that gets you motivated, too, to, to push through it. And so, as I mentioned at the outset, really all of the above that you mentioned uh, that's what kept me going. You know, Jim, it's amazing, too, because for years I would tell all my friends that had season tickets, man, I really feel bad for you. You spend all that money, you go to these games, <laughs> they lose all the time, and here, finally, the shoe's on the other foot. This team, Jim Donovan, is 7-3. and three. And to go through that, and then all of a sudden they're winning, you come back into another game that they almost tried to give away. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And, and when that field goal goes through those uprates at the end of the game – my biggest question, I've been thinking about this for two days once we figured out we are going to be able to get you on. How were you able to keep it together, Jim Donovan, from the time that they not only win the game, but you, you get know, there, you break the guitar, you get a game ball too. How'd you keep it together? Really emotional day for me. Um, and um, it, was, it was really, uh, it was a great moment. And uh, to watch it unfold, because it was really kind of hanging in the balance mm-hmm. there, you're saying to yourself, boy, momentum right now in the game has shifted, and it's gone to the Steelers. And, um, and, and you know, I've been a part of, and, and Browns fans have been too with me, 
We've been a part of a lot of heartbreaking losses Mm -hmm. through the years. So to now see this thing turn, I've always felt that this was an important step for the Browns to learn how to survive in a tight game and come out on the other side of it and win the game. And it's been a very, very tough lesson for them to learn and to master. But I'm seeing it happen this year. We're seeing it every Sunday in the last five or six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the most pleasing thing, is to see them graduate to the point where, okay, they're not going to blow this thing. They're not going to let it slip through their hands. It might get dicey, and it probably will, and it will continue to get dicey because that's the way these games play out. But there's a really good chance they're going to find a way to win it. Jimmy, what was it like breaking the guitar, dude? You're a rock star out there. You come out of that tunnel. I'm like, how cool is this? You put those goggles on. What was that like? (laughs) Well, I'll I'll give you the history of it. Um, It was probably in the middle of the week when the doctors kind of gave me the thumbs up that, okay, you know, why don't you go back and do the game on Sunday? So um, I informed the Browns, who have been absolutely tremendous to me throughout all of this. And I informed them that I was going to be able to come back and do the game. And about, I think it was the next day, um, Jason Gibbs, our great executive producer on the network, called me up and said, hey, got a crazy request. And you can turn me down if you want to. I totally understand. Um, But the Browns would like you to be the guy that smashes the guitar. Would you do it? And I went, yeah, why not? I mean, you know. And it was unbelievable. I have to tell you, it was amazing. I mean, that place was going crazy because of the way the team's playing and who they're playing on that particular day. And, I mean, it was 70,000 people, and it was just uh, unbelievable. And the, the thing that, was, that amazed me, I thought the guitar was always just like a plastic guitar and would break easy, but it's a real guitar, okay? <laughs> and I really, <laughs> I really had to take my three swipes to get it going. What do you do with that thing afterwards? I mean, do you keep it? I'd keep it. I, I did not. It, I wish I did. Oh. I did not because I was trying to get back up into the booth. You, got, you, you had a job to do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, in, in all the excitement, I just kind of, yeah, I, I fumbled. <laughs> great to have you back uh, and, and great to hear these stories, Jimmy. Now let's talk some X's and O's, right? Mm. This team, like JT right. said, is seven and three a half game out of first? Now there, three different quarterbacks have won a game, and the guy that currently is their quarterback is a rookie, Dorian Thompson Robinson. But waiting in the wings, maybe, is the veteran that they signed, Joe Flacco. Just your thoughts on how they've gotten to seven and three with three different quarterbacks, and and can you foresee there be a fourth starting quarterback this year? I think that might be a little bit early for him, Kenny. Um, I think that it's probably going to take a little time. Although he's thirty-eight years old. And he's been around the block a lot. And he's been in a number of offenses, even though he spent all those years in Baltimore. I mean, they changed coordinators a few times. And then, of course, he was with the Jets a little bit last year, as we well know. So, But I still think it would take a little bit of time. Now, I will say this, and I think you guys probably um, have experienced this. With this regime of the Browns, they are very, very, very loyal to the guys that they draft. And the fact that they drafted DTR in the fifth round, albeit out of UCLA, I still think that they would like to see this work and find a way to win with him, you know, and, and see if he improves every week and the fact that he's going to get 
full reps at practice, that that will just get better and better, and they'll ride that defense and really a very aggressive and effective special teams and just hope that the offense grows and that he grows. But, I mean, if it's not working, they have to be true to the rest of the team that really has got them in a great position right now. And if it isn't working, then, yeah, I would think you would have to – Consider going to a guy like Flacco. That's why you brought him here, and and that uh, and use his experience and that big arm of his, and maybe he could settle it down too. But I think for the immediate future, um, and I don't think it's going to be a quick hook. I think that they would like to see this work for this kid, Jimmy. Uh, from the time that you stepped away to the time you came back, with the exception of our kicking game, punter and field goal kicker, which are extraordinary, and even though Bajork has shanked one in the game Sunday. What's been a biggest surprise for you, if there's been any with this team, from the time that you saw them at the beginning of the season to now, like we said, it's 7-3? and three. Well, I'm really amazed at how resilient they've been, JT, because, I mean, think about this. They lose Nick Chubb very, very yeah. early in the second game of the season, and you go, wow, because I think we all know for a fact Nick Chubb was, I mean, they ride Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. and you would love to have Nick Chubb. You would have loved to have had Nick Chubb Sunday, and you'd love to have him coming down the stretch, but they've dealt with that. Um, and then you've been in, they've lost Watson, they got him back, and they lost him again, and now they've lost him for good. And they've dealt with that, or they're dealing with that, and they won on Sunday without him, and they've won without him a couple of times before this. And also consider this, they've lost both of their tackles. Jed Wills has been out, Conklin's been out since uh, before halftime in the opening game of the season. Their resiliency is the thing that is really surprising me. Um, but I am just so happy to see this defense that I always thought was really good on paper, really good, really talented on paper. They all had really good resumes coming out of college or coming over here in free agency. And I'm just thrilled to see finally they are playing up to their potential and their talent level. And, of course, I think Jim Schwartz gets all of the credit for that. Jim, is this the best Browns defense you've seen since you've been calling their games? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, you know, I kind of compare it to uh, go back to the Kozar years, and that was a pretty plucky defense with Clay Matthews, Chip Banks, uh, you know, Dixon and Minifield, um, Felix Wright back there at at safety, and, you know, Bob Golick up front. Um, Those guys played – uh, and they were talented, but they played an awful lot on uh, on spirit, and they rode that crowd, and they rode that identity of that dog pound. Um, but I think that they kind of overachieved a number of times defensively. This defense on pure talent is by far, I think, the best defense I've ever seen since I've come to Cleveland. Jimmy, I look at Miles Garrett, and I see somebody who's finally – Um, stepping into his own and living up to that number one overall pick, $125 million contract. This is what they expected. Maybe it took a little longer, right? But uh, we just had Chad Brown on, former Steelers linebacker, and he said, look, you get 10 sacks six years in a row, that's hard to do. So you're a pretty damn good player. But what is it with Miles this year that, that is separating him from years past, from games that you've called in person this year and then while you were watching at home? Well, the thing I really like, Kenny, is that he's not disappearing in games. I mean, I agree with what Chad Brown 
said, I mean, the stat always looked good about how many sacks he had. He was always in double digits. There's no doubt about that. But there was a part of his play that sometimes and too often I felt um, during a game, you just he was out there, but you didn't know he was out there. A guy yeah. with that kind of talent, you have to always know he's out there. You have to always know, and you do always know, T.J. Watt is out there. Aaron Donald is always out there. Guys like that. And Miles Garrett now is playing much more the way that offenses have to say, this guy is out there and he is coming and he's coming hard. The other thing is when these games have hung in the balance, he is starting to make big, big plays. He did it in Baltimore a week ago. He did it on Sunday afternoon against the Steelers. And I also think that too many times in the past, he hasn't been there when they have needed a big, big play. And on Sunday specifically, they needed a couple of big plays to keep the Steelers from getting into field goal range when it was 10-10 and the clock was winding down. That's what I really love about the way he's playing this year. Yeah, and this is what the Browns were expecting, I think, in 2000 when they selected Courtney Brown, right? The the silent storm who turned into the slight drizzle in his time uh, in Cleveland, Jimmy. And then the ladies' man, right? Gerard Warren. Uh, you know, uh, that's what they were expecting. Finally, it's arrived, hasn't it, Miles Garrett? Gerard Warren, big money. Who, uh, <laughs> Kenny, do you remember when Carmen Policy said, you know, when he was arrested in Pittsburgh, the police said he was the most polite guy they have ever arrested? <laughs> oh, I do remember that. Oh, so well, Jimmy Donovan. Uh, uh, and uh, it brings back uh, painful memories, but fond memories as well when we had to cover that team uh, w- with those guys. But finally, they've, they've got a number one overall pick that is delivering what a number one overall pick uh, should do. Right, Jimmy, for the first time since 99, and that's no knock on Tim Couch, who got the short end of the stick with the offensive line and everything, but this guy's delivering, isn't he? Yeah, he really is, and I, I think he's really probably getting to the peak of his career. I think this. I think Jim Schwartz is the guy that finally got it out of him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he. I don't think that he asks Miles. I think he commands Miles to play this way. I think wow. that other defensive coordinators, Joe Woods, great guy. I mean, a terrific guy. But I think he was very polite with guys like Miles and Clowney, for that matter. But I think Jim Schwartz is a guy that describes himself as, you know what, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and he certainly isn't. So I think what goes on out in Berea during the week, during those practice times and in those meeting rooms, um, I think it's pretty strict. I think it's pretty intense. And then I think they are so well prepared. I think they love taking that out onto the field on Sundays. And don't you see it? I mean, you really see it. They play with a lot of joy, that defense, when they go out. It's nice to know they have so much talent on that defense, too. And I think that's one of the things that propel them into being maybe the best defense in the entire NFL. But, Jimmy, let's take a look at this offense. And, And Kenny and I have been really tough on Kevin Stefanski. But, like we mentioned, you're on your third team quarterback. Uh, you don't have your both starting tackles on offense. Hard to throw from the pocket. What do you expect from this offense moving forward? The thing I like about him, JT, and I'm a big fan of his. I mean, I've gotten to know him very, very well. And can I, I just have to tell you this. Uh, when I was going through this, 
and I was in the hospital and, and then I was even at home. And, um, but when I was in the hospital, I was pretty sick mm-hmm. and you could set your clock by it every Friday afternoon. My phone would ding and I would get this pep talk text from Kevin Stefanski. I mean, he is the classiest guy um, that really in that position I have ever met. And I've met a lot of guys in that position because we've gone through a lot of head coaches. Mm -hmm. I think, though, if you take a step back and look at his year, I think he's become a better head coach this Mm -hmm. year because I think he is managing the game and looking more at the total game rather than just being an offensive coordinator with a title of head coach. I mean, he's still doing, you know, the offensive coordinator, and he's calling the games, and I think he's put together some really good game plans and executed them well. But there are other things that he's doing that he was very stubborn to not do earlier. In other words, you know, he's taking the points. He's taking field goals when they're right there. Why not take the points? Uh, Let that defense get back out there. Let's play the field position game. That might mean we not go for it on fourth down, but let's hem them in and put them on a long field against that defense, and it might tip the field position that our offense will get on a shorter field. I see that drifting Mm -hmm. into his scope, and I just think he's become a better head coach this year. I agree with that. And did you fellas both notice this? The playlist, the the play sheet, whatever you want to call it, it's no longer a big Denny's menu. (laughs) (laughs) It was a small piece of paper. Maybe he's shortened it. Maybe he's gone to the cliff notes, Jimmy, right? Maybe it's helping everybody that way. It's the way I got through Boston University. (laughs) We Uh, we won't tell you. We prefer baseball caps, Jim Donovan. (laughs) (laughs) Or earphones. But we won't go into that at Baldwin Wallace. Al JT and I got through there. Uh, Jimmy Donovan joining (laughs) us here on the Kenny and JT Show. Happy to have him back on the radio with us. Always great to hear his voice and know that he's doing well now. Uh, And, Jimmy, uh, as far as this division now, right, half game out of first, um, forget. Yeah. Uh, I think you can forget Pittsburgh. They fired their offensive coordinator. That ain't going to help because that O line stinks. Their quarterback stinks. Uh, the Burrow situation in Cincinnati. Stick a fork in them. This is a two team race, isn't it, for the AFC North now? I really think it is. I really do. And I I never really think of myself as somebody that should count the Steelers out. But I, I think your assessment of their offense is is right on the button. And I think their defense is really struggling because of injuries at safety and at linebacker. But I think that kind of puts them in a very tough position. And I know that guy coaches the hell out of them. He does a great job with them. But it is a two-team race. I agree with you. Um, And I think right now, I think we all should really take a look at this and say, hey, let's go win the division. It's still right there. We are right there with them. Let's win the division. That wild card situation is great, but that's the fallback plan. Let's win the division, and I think that that's that's what they're pointing towards, and I like that. I like that that they're not settling for anything. Let's go for it, and I think that win in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago has um, has shown them that listen, we can play with anybody, and we can play with anybody anywhere. Last thing, and we'll let you go, Jimmy Donovan. We appreciate the time. Um, this team, as we look at it, the other thing that stands out, 
And tell me, because you get more access than we do, and I, I know you've been uh, away from the team for a while, but still, you get you get behind the scenes, right? You see some things. You're in the locker room and, and whatnot. Um, we hear about how this team is building a different culture. Finally, it only took 24 years. We hear how close knit this team is. Is that accurate? What we're hearing are those things accurate about this year's version, led by Kevin Stefanski, who is doing a fabulous job this year. Yeah, I think it is, uh, Kenny. I really do, and I don't think it's a cliche. I, I think it's really an active thing that's going on. Uh, they they really do get along with each other. Now, they brought up interesting points a couple of years ago when it when it definitely was not a fractured team, but I mean it was offense and it was over here and the defense is over here and never the two should meet. Um, but I think that that was during COVID and there were all kinds of excuses that they weren't in the same locker room, but. I think even when they all came back together as a group, there were things that just were not, you know, equal and, and they weren't jiving together. Um, but they are right now. And I think it's because they're sensing that they've been, they've all been together. Now the core anyway, has been together for a while. There aren't massive turnovers here with this team. And I think that they enjoy playing with each other and they've kind of, grown up with each other and when you do that there's a sense of loyalty that's built up and i think that that really is firm right now with this team and and i think it's a good thing i you're right i mean that's been missing for a long long time there are really there are no soap operas going on with the football team right now it's all football and it needs to be all football because it's thanksgiving time it's late november and you're ready to make the turn and head for home, and too many times in late November, we've been talking about what are we going to do in the draft rather than how are we going to stay alive in the playoff race. But they are very, very much in it, and I think they're all on board together, and they realize it's going to take all of them to get this thing done and to get to where they want to be. Jimmy, great to have you back on our show, but even more importantly, great for everybody to hear you on the Browns Radio Network. We can't wait to hear your, your next game, uh, you know, Sunday at, at 4.05. Uh, uh, Godspeed to you, good health to you, and thanks for joining us today here on the Kenny and JT Show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great talking with you guys.